0: The end zone has a man open. Touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome into a Monday edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this Cowboy Victory Monday the Pokes get it done again by a count of 34-27, to 27, this time as a home favorite against the TCU Horned Frogs with no Johnny Wilson, no Tyler Wallace, no Trey Sterling, all out injured for that game on Saturday. And a bunch of Cowboys stepped up, and they were able to get a big win at home to move the Cowboys to 6-3 with just a few games remaining in the season. Uh, again, this is Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day, the number one local sports. Sports Daily Podcast Network in the country. Head on over to Twitter. Find me at Colby J. Powell and at Locked On. Folks, uh, we'll take a look at a couple of the listener score predictions that we got later on uh, in the show. And I think we had a couple that were pretty close. I was not close. I picked uh, TCU to win this game 24-17. to 17. My, my big holdup was thinking that Oklahoma State was going to be able to run the ball against a Gary Patterson coached defense. Because we all know that that's just not what you do you don't run the ball against TCU. TCU coming into this game, I believe was giving up 107 rushing yards per game as a team. And Oklahoma State went out and torched them for 307. I mean, Oklahoma State was phenomenal in this game against TCU on the ground. And and they really opened it up early with Spencer Sanders um, getting it done. The, the, the Horned Frogs were allowing 103.7 rushing yards per game, surrendered 307 to the Cowboys on Saturday. So Phenomenal performance on the ground. And like I said, Chuba Hubbard, he had 223 rushing yards. He had 190 of those in the second half. And what Oklahoma State did, and this was brilliant, they they freed up chuba hubbard by letting spencer sanders run the ball early in the game chuba hubbard had 20 carries spencer sanders had 19 and and what that does by allowing spencer to keep the ball so much early in the game it keeps those defensive ends those linebackers it keeps all those guys honest and when those guys are honest, and they're not just collapsing down into the run gaps, that all of a sudden leaves just enough of an opening for Chuba Hubbard. And Chuba Hubbard, look, you don't need to part the Red Sea for Chuba Hubbard. He needs a little gap. I'm watching the replay right now of a 62-yard touchdown run. It was a little gap at the line of scrimmage. Looked like maybe a linebacker had gotten out of position. It was really well blocked. And Chuba Hubbard, I mean, he's off to the races. Mike Gundy after the game said watching Chuba Hubbard run in the open field is like watching Secretariat come down the stretch. And I mean seriously, name for me a guy right now in college football more fun with the ball in his hands than Chuba Hubbard. I can't think of one. I mean he gets through that first line and what makes him different is, you know, most guys, even Justice Hill at Oklahoma State, and Justice was phenomenal. But Justice breaks through that first line of defense, and then a safety comes over the top, or the defensive back who was on that side of the field tracks him down, and it's a nice, really nice 40- or 50-yard run. And the difference with Chuba is when you give the ball to Chuba at your own 8-yard line, all it takes is one defender to get out of his out of his hole. All it takes is one good block at the second level by one of those guys up front, one of the cowboy backs even. That's all it takes. And as soon as Chuba Hubbard is through that initial line of defense, he cuts it up the numbers and the safety just can't get there in time because Chuba is too Fast, So shout out to Chuba Hubbard, the only running back in the Gary Patterson era at TCU to go north of 200 yards. Uh, Again, he went for 223 on 20 carries. And like I said, 190 of those were in the second half. I mean, 154 of those were on two two rushes, um, which leaves what's that leave? 69 carries on 69 yards on the other 18 carries. So still nearly four yards a carry on the other ones, not including uh, the big the big runs that he broke off. But uh, simply phenomenal. Like I said, he had the 92 yard run, which means if you were paying attention to to that game on Saturday, Oklahoma State we've noticed <clears throat> has struggled to score touchdowns inside the other team's 10-yard line. So Oklahoma State's offense got inside the TCU 10 one time on Saturday. It was the first drive of the game. They got inside the TCU 10, uh, and then it was was really weak, honestly. They had a third and seven at the TCU 8-yard line, and they ran a little delayed draw QB keeper that maybe even lost a yard, and uh, it was no good. So what that means – is that Oklahoma State on Saturday, thanks to Chuba Hubbard's 92 yard run, scored more touchdowns from inside its own 10 yard line than it did from inside TCU's 10 yard line? And I think that that is so, that, that paints such a perfect picture of what this Oklahoma State offense has been this year, and especially recently. It has been big, big. Big plays, especially over the last couple of weeks. It's not sustained drives that get Oklahoma State down, you know, first and goal, second and goal, and then you punch it in. That's just not the way Oklahoma State is operating. It's just not. And and that's why whenever you look at time of possession, TCU is essentially 33 minutes to 27 minutes. They had, they had the ball for six more minutes than Oklahoma State did. Oklahoma State outgained them by nine yards. Uh, TCU had six more first downs unsurprisingly, TCU, you know, little bit at a time. Oklahoma State, 62 and 92 at a time. Brayden Johnson uh, had a 45-yard phenomenal catch up the left sideline, hand-fighting all the way and and brings it in. Dylan Stoner, three catches, 93 yards, big plays, including a couple of long touchdowns, one on a third down and very long. So Oklahoma State, uh, you know, only faced 12 third downs to TCU 17. You know, Oklahoma State scoring from inside their own 10 and being unable to do so from inside the TCU 10 paints an accurate picture of what this offense is. It's big plays with Chuba Hubbard. Spencer Sanders made a couple of big plays through the air. And, you know, Spencer Sanders... So I said on Friday that I I didn't think Oklahoma State was going to be able to run the ball, and that's why I was picking TCU to win the game because I didn't think that Oklahoma State could do enough through the air, especially without Tyler Wallace, to win this game. And it turned out Oklahoma State didn't need to do a ton through the air. Spencer Sanders was 9 of 15 in that game. Didn't need to do a lot. You know, TCU had to throw the ball 39 times. They were having to, you know, seemingly work very hard for everything that they were getting. Spencer Sanders, 9 of 15, 158 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And what I really liked was from Spencer Sanders on Saturday is Spencer Sanders threw one interception but it was from about your own 35, your own 40. It was a deep ball. It's essentially a punt. It's... it's, What I'm looking for Spencer Sanders to avoid are turnovers that either directly take points away from you when you're about to score or directly lead to points for the opponent. You're throwing the ball deep in one-on-one coverage trying to make a play and, and the defender goes up and makes a good play on the ball. I have absolutely no... No problem with that what we did on Saturday is we avoided Spencer Sanders rolling to his right on third and 10 getting flustered because he doesn't want to punt he he, he he feels like he has to make a play on third down and he throws it back across his body into coverage and it gets picked off uh you know at the Oklahoma State 30 that's what didn't happen on Saturday and that is to me why Spencer Sanders played so well on Saturday. You can excuse the one deep ball that was picked. I mean, that that didn't hurt you. Oklahoma State, I think, actually got it back a play or two later, so that didn't hurt you in the slightest, but uh, good stuff from Spencer Sanders, who also had 19 rushes for 88 yards in that game against TCU. Oklahoma State did a great job of scheming for what they had personnel-wise in order to exploit TCU. I'm Colby Powell. This is Locked on Pokes. I need to take a break. Come back on the other side. We've got to talk about that defense. We have to talk about Colby Harvell-Peele, Peel, is turning into one of the best defensive players in the Big 12 Conference. We'll do that next. Uh, keep things rolling here. Lockdown Pokes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On, folks. I am your host, Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this victory Monday for the Oklahoma State Cowboys as they head into the off week, the second off week of the season for Oklahoma State. Uh, remember they had one prior to the game at Texas Tech which did not go well now they've got one prior to the game at home against Kansas which uh, should be a good one Les Miles coming back into town the Mad Hatter should be a a pretty emotional game I would imagine on both sides for Oklahoma State and for Les Miles but we'll get much more into that over the next couple of weeks still breaking down Oklahoma State's 34-27 win over the TCU Horn Frogs on Saturday again make sure you head over to Twitter follow me at Colby J Powell at LockedOnPokes send me all your thoughts uh about oklahoma state and the football team what all they've gotten accomplished the past couple of weeks really have completely flipped the script this is a team that it's been a roller coaster in conference season you have the texas and kansas state games you nearly beat texas in austin and then you come home you look really good against a kansas state team that has made its way back to the number 20 team in the country i mean they, they uh they lost to baylor at home they lost oklahoma state on the road that's it they're a two-loss team. Oklahoma State manhandled Kansas State. And since, uh, you know, they beat Kansas 38-10 to this past weekend. They beat Oklahoma the weekend before. So that is starting to look like a pretty good win. But then here comes the roller coaster. You're at that first peak, and then you just drop off a cliff. Uh, you know, we're down riding the Texas Giant at Six Flags, and y- you lose to Texas Tech. On the road, a Texas Tech team that had showed nothing to that point in the season, and then you come home uh, and you lose to Baylor in a game that you feel like you probably should have won. You're up by 10 points in the third quarter in that game at home as a favorite, a game you probably feel like you should have win. You should win, and now Baylor's uh, 8-0 undefeated, and people are talking about you know if they win out, they could be in the playoff, and, and that's a team you probably should have beaten at home. And then you look at two games that you think you might not get either one, and you get them both. You go to Ames and win. You beat TCU at home. A couple of big wins for Oklahoma State. And the big difference, you know, the one thing you can pinpoint is what was happening against Texas Tech and Baylor. Against Texas Tech and Baylor, your quarterback was turning the ball over and it was leading to scores for the other team. You you were swimming upstream. Could not get out of your own way. And now, in the past two weeks, it's been the other guy making those mistakes it's been brock purdy throwing interception after interception after interception this past saturday it was max duggan interception after interception after interception and oklahoma state is making those plays on the defensive side of the ball and then they're able to turn that into points and you know a guy i talked about last week and he's got to start getting some credit and uh probably for my money should be first team all big 12 uh, on the defensive side of the ball whenever the season's over. And that's Colby Harvell Peel, because Colby Harvell Peel, a week ago in Ames, look, he did not uh he did not get to join the pick party last week in Ames. He was actually a little disappointed. He had six pass breakups, which was a school record for pass breaks up, breakups in a single game at Iowa State. But he did not get an interception. Seemed like just about everybody else had one with Malcolm Rodriguez, Amen Ogbang Bamiga, Trey Sterling, all those guys got one. So then this past weekend against TCU, Colby Harvell Peel more than made up for it. He had two interceptions of Max Duggan. He also recovered a fumble that was forced by A.J. Green. Textbook tackling from A.J. Green goes in, puts his helmet right on the ball, dislodges it, and Colby Harvell Peel is there to fall on it. Uh, Colby Harvell Peel actually hopped on another fumble, but it was his own fumble after his second interception in the fourth quarter. Uh, I believe it was Jalen Rager came up from behind, punched the ball out as Colby Colby Harvell Peel was returning it up his own sideline there, and he was able to fall on that one uh, and make sure that Oklahoma State was able to retain possession. But not only that, you know, he's tackling. I believe he had six solo tackles in that game on Saturday. He had two more pass breakups, and he is just everywhere. And when I tell you, how big of a loss that was against Texas Tech. Because remember, he went out early in that game against Texas Tech, and then Oklahoma State just got absolutely torched the rest of the day by Jet Duffy and that Red Raider squad. Combine that with the five or six turnovers, and you just didn't have a chance. But Saturday, Colby Harville Peel was so good. And I really thought that Tanner McAllister came in and did a pretty nice job. You know, Colby Har- Harvell peel had to shift over into the middle of the field where Trey Sterling usually would be, because Trey Sterling was out with injury, uh, and then Tanner McAllister played, you know, just about every snap defensively, so you had Jarrett Bernard back there, Kobe uh, Harvell peel and Tanner McAllister. I thought McAllister did a pretty good job, and then Jarrett Bernard had himself a big interception as well, a, a leaping grab, a nice play that he made near midfield, so Oklahoma State really gave Max Duggan problems, and this was on the heels of giving Brock Purdy problems. So when you look at Oklahoma State's defense in conference play, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's defense has been a strong point for the Cowboys in conference play, which is not something that you would have guessed a few games into the season. You look at what Texas did to them. Look, Texas was healthy at the time. They made some good plays. Uh, Oklahoma State gave up 36 in that one. But but look at these three performances. Oklahoma State gives up only 13 to Kansas State, a team that put up 48 uh, a couple weeks ago on Oklahoma, a team that just beat Kansas 38-10. to 10. Oklahoma State only gives up 13 to the Wildcats, a top 25 team at the time. Oklahoma State... The last two weeks has only given up 27 points to Iowa State and TCU. You know, even the Baylor game got away from them a little bit with 45. That's probably not quite indicative of of how well the defense played against Baylor because there were some turnovers in that game that directly led to points. For the Baylor Bears so you have to take that into account same thing against Texas Tech uh, they had some, some defensive plays that led directly to points with some turnovers so Oklahoma State's defense I think has really been a strong point uh, for the Cowboys to this point in the season and as much grief as we give, give Jim Knowles you have to give him credit two weeks in a row that they have given the opposing quarterback fits Max Duggan true freshman He's going to be a good player in this league. I, I really believe that. I think that you saw some things from him uh, not only on Saturday, but you've seen some things from him throughout the season to show you that, that he does have it. But it's going to come with time. You know, one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, Those couple of long interceptions that Colby Harvell Peel got, Amen Ogbong-Bamiga was applying some serious pressure on Max Duggan, and he just threw the ball up for grabs. And those are things that he's going to learn that you just can't do. But uh, that will come with time. So great stuff on Saturday from the Oklahoma State defense. It was great having Tyler Lacey back up front. He was phenomenal. Uh, So, yeah, great stuff from Oklahoma State. And then, again, 43 yards to seal the game with two minutes left. It is such a luxury to have Matt Amendola. And I think Oklahoma State fans probably just take having a good kicker for granted because when has Oklahoma State not had a good kicker? I mean, Luke Phillips, Dan Bailey, Quinn Sharp, Matt Amendola now. I mean, when has Oklahoma State not had a good kicker? And and I know that there are other ones that I'm, I'm forgetting in there that have been great too. But Matt Amendola, you, you know, Automatic Amendola. You can't spell automatic without Matt. Automatic amandola You knew when he trotted out there for the 43-yarder he was going to make it. It was no doubt. And, yes, he had missed, I think, a 49-yarder earlier in the game. He caught it a little on the low side of the ball, it looked like. Came out a little high and wobbly. It was his first missed field goal of the season. You know, I, I was sitting with my family in the west end zone, and everybody's nervous because you get nervous when it's a field goal to ice the game. And I get that, but there was never a doubt he was going to make that. So huge props to Matt Amendola. Uh, yeah, Matt Amendola had what was it? One was it just two field goals. Yeah, it was two field, four touchdowns, two field goals. Amendola had a 26 yarder earlier in the game, and then with 2:04 left. Matt Amendola hit a 43-yard field goal that all but iced it. Uh, All that was left was for Oklahoma State to recover an onside kick, which Jordan McRae was able to do. So good stuff from Matt Amendola, good stuff from the Cowboy defense. Let's take a break, come back on the other side. We'll talk a little bit more about Oklahoma State and TCU as well as what happened around the conference and the country this past weekend. Also, we'll give you a women's soccer update as they are underway at the Big 12 Championship in Kansas City. And – It is basketball season. It's here, folks. All that and more coming up next. Keep it locked right here. This is Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I want to remind you about Roman. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. We'll be back here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back to Locked On Pokes. Colby Powell wrapping things up here on a Monday. Make sure you head over to Twitter. Find me at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. And do me a favor, wherever you are listening to this podcast right now, Take the time, subscribe, and rate this podcast. Takes no time at all. Uh, It means the world to me. So subscribe and rate this podcast. Find me on Twitter. Tell a friend. Saw somebody tweeting the other day uh, saying, you know, somebody needs to give Matt Amendola some love. Hey, we show Matt Amendola some love here on the Locked On Pokes uh, podcast, uh, part of your team every single day. Chuba Hubbard has been phenomenal this season. He has 1,604 rushing yards. Where does that put him? In Oklahoma State history well it puts him pretty close uh to what is basically the top which is second I mean we know everybody's playing for second we know Barry will never be touched again so Chupa Hubbard at 1,604 rushing yards this season ranks eighth in terms of best rushing seasons ever for Oklahoma State individual rushing seasons. Number nine and 10 are both Kendall Hunter. He had 1,555 yards and 1,548 yards in two separate seasons. Boy, Kendall Hunter was special. But then Chuba Hubbard falls in at number eight. And I doubt that he will be at number eight for very long. So he's at 1,604. Thurman Thomas is number four at 1767. So Chuba Hubbard, uh, with a measly 164 rushing yards against Kansas, would pass Thurman Thomas and become the fourth leading rusher in Oklahoma State history. He would pass, uh, in the t- in, in the process, Gerald Hudson, Thurman Thomas, and uh, Terry Miller, who are at 567, and then Thurman again at four. So that would put him in between Ernest Anderson, who is at three, uh, Terry Miller, who is it two, those two separated by 10 yards, 1887 for Terry Miller and 1877 for Ernest Anderson. So it is likely that Chuba Hubbard assuming health for two more games will go into second place all time on the Oklahoma state leading rushers list, uh, for an individual season. Of course, Barry Sanders in 1988, Rushed for 2,850 yards, which is enough to make your head spin. So, Chuba Hubbard will not be catching Barry Sanders. Uh, He could rush for, yeah, that's right. He could rush for the next three games and the bowl game. Chuba Hubbard could rush for 300 yards in each of those games. That'd be 1,200 yards for those four games. Yeah, that would put him at uh, 2804. He would still be 46 yards shy of Barry if he rushed for 300 yards in the next four games. So, uh Barry was a different level. Chuba is incredibly incredibly special and uh, I hope Oklahoma State fans appreciate what they're watching this this season because it's it's just not every year a Chuba comes along and does something historic, and I know everybody's worried about the Heisman, and it shouldn't just be the best quarterback on the best team. That's a flaw in the system. I totally get all that. I'm, I'm just letting you know right now, um, it, it's going to be tough for Chuba Hubbard to win the Heisman Trophy, but I do think he should be in New York. Look, I think he should win the thing, because I think he's been the best player in college football, but... The way the Heisman is set up, it's not set up for a running back from a a four-loss team to make it to New York or to win the Heisman Trophy. It's set up for Joe Burrow and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts. That's who the award's designed for. And and honestly, I think the Heisman has become a bit of a mockery uh, of what it's really supposed to be, which is the best player in college football. I think the Heisman uh, has has taken on less and less meaning over my lifetime. I remember when I was a kid, the Heisman was a huge, huge deal, and now it's like, oh, okay, well, which which quarterback put up a bunch of stats and won a bunch of games, and and you know, it doesn't take into account like in Domikong Sue not winning the Heisman, that was a travesty, and he actually was beaten by a running back, not a quarterback. Uh, you know, last few years, probably no major complaints. But, uh, yeah, I I think the Heisman Trophy doesn't necessarily do it the way we would do it if we had a chance. I I need to move on. I'm going to get down a uh, Heisman Trophy rabbit hole and run out of time. I want to recap a couple of listener scores predictions. Like I told you, I picked TCU 24-17. Didn't think Oklahoma State would be able to run the ball. I was wrong 307 times as Oklahoma State rushed for more than 200 yards more than what TCU was giving up on average this season. Uh, Ryan the Great – He was dangerously close to nailing it on the head. 34-24 Oklahoma State was his score prediction. If Oklahoma State could have gotten TCU off the field earlier in that drive on a fourth down, uh, then then he would have been exactly right. Ended up being 34-27, but he was uh, he was dead on. What he said, his reasoning, he said, I'm not confident in this, especially with the increasing likelihood there's no Thailand. Defense will load the box to stop the run, and it will be another great defensive game. Multiple turnovers, he puts in parentheses, he said Ogbong Bamiga will be the player of the day. Colby Harvell Peel was the player of the day, but Ogbog Bamiga was phenomenal in pressuring Max Duggan. He had another great, great game. So uh, good stuff. And then we had another one that I lost. Did I scroll the wrong direction? I did. Brian Raper, his score prediction was 38 35 pokes. Another good one. Uh, so shout out to those guys who nailed it pretty accurately. I got to say, I'm, uh, I'm struggling accurately predicting Oklahoma State football games. I'm now 0-4, not against the spread. I am 0-4 straight up trying to pick winners in in Oklahoma State football games. So, I actually think I might be able to break that streak in a couple weeks against the Kansas Jayhawks whenever they come to Stillwater. So, uh, all right, moving on again. Shout out to the women's soccer team. Little Bedlam soccer yesterday morning in Kansas City. And it was the one seed versus the eight seed. But It was hard work for the Cowgirls. They actually trailed at halftime. OU took the lead in the 41st minute. So Oklahoma State went into halftime, trailing 1-0 to the Sooners. Never a place you want to be. But they came out after half. Uh, and Oklahoma State scored in the 57th minute. Uh, I believe that was uh, Gabriella Coleman who scored that goal. Yes, it was. Gabriela Coleman in the 57th minute. And then in the 81st minute, J.C. Jones scored off of a corner kick that OU was unable to clear. So Oklahoma State has advanced in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, they're now in the Big 12 tournament semifinals after the Bedlam win yesterday. They'll play Kansas this Friday at 4.30 p.m. I don't have it in front of me, but I would guess that that game is going to be an ESPN plus game Uh, that's where most of these have fallen and yes that will be an ESPN plus game which is also where you can find Oklahoma State and Oral Roberts on Wednesday night basketball season just about ready to get underway also shout out to the women's cross country team for another Big 12 championship that they clinched last Friday Uh, Big 12 championships coming in everywhere uh, from Oklahoma State athletics we know Oklahoma State is much more than football and basketball those other sports are phenomenal they do a great job so shout out to uh, the women's soccer team again for their Big 12 championship and women's cross country for bringing home yet another Big 12 championship. Covered a lot of ground today. Big win for Oklahoma State, 34-27 to over TCU. It's an off week, but basketball is starting, so we'll talk a lot more basketball this week, talk some recruiting uh, as well for basketball as they're really getting things rolling on that end. Bryce Thompson released his final four schools, uh, the Booker T star, so we'll get to that throughout the week as well. Uh, as, as we look forward to basketball season and the remainder of football season. Oklahoma State has hit that six-win mark. They still have Kansas at home, at West Virginia, and then Oklahoma at home. So uh, a few big games left for Oklahoma State. A team that now finds itself realistically when you include the bowl game. This is a team that could win nine games, which, considering where this team was at after the Baylor game, uh, a nine win season sounds pretty good right about now. Glad everybody was with me on this Monday. Find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell, at Locked On Pokes. Subscribe and rate this podcast and spread the word. Thanks for listening to another edition of Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.